0: Welcome to The Farm and another video of You've Married the Farmer, Now What? Today's guest is Jess. Thank you for joining us, Jess.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Please tell us a little bit about yourself, your farm and your family.
1: Okay, so I'm on a dairy farm in Stratford uh, in Gippsland, Victoria. Uh, I own the farm with my husband, uh, Stephen, and we've got three young boys. We've got Cade who's 10, Blake who's 8 and Chase who's 6. So they keep us pretty busy. Uh, at the moment, we're milking about 550 cows and it's calving time. So, yes, yeah, all hands on deck and everyone's got a job to do.
0: And that makes your Instagram light up with all the pictures of the brand new calves and everything else that you're doing at the moment as well.
1: Yep, all the calves, spam comes through this month. There's just endless photos of cute little babies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excellent. So, Jess, you've told us a little bit about your family and your farm. Can you tell me about the daily roles that you do on it?
1: So, for me, it started off as the bookwork, that traditional thing of, you know, the farmer's wife takes on the bookwork. We bought the farm eight years ago, we're first generation farmers, and I think I got about half an hour with the accountant who went, here's your bookkeeping program, this is how you do a bass, this is how you reconcile, off you go, you'll be fine. I went, okay, sure, yep um and so when we bought the farm we had the two boys they were two and three months uh and yeah it was a bit of a whirlwind a very you know trial by fire learn as you go Uh,
0: before we continue on with today's interview i'd like to give a shout out to today's supportive link thermomix for a limited time only you can have your choice of the white thermomix or the black sparkling thermomix this is a milestone addition added to the range for a limited time only. So please check out the supportive links down below. And if you think that a Thermomix would help you, your farm, in efficiency in the kitchen and making things hands-free and easier for you, then jump down, hit the link or send me a message. And now back to today's interview.
1: Um, so yeah, the... The intention was never that I was actually going to work on the farm on a daily basis. Um, The year before we had kids, I'd just completed my law degree. So the thing was we'd have kids, I'd take the years off and I'd go back. And then as the kids were, you know, we had another kid and so the years got, you know, a little bit further along and I started doing just little jobs like getting the cows up for milking, helping with some drenching. Then I started helping rearing the calves and now I'm the chief calf rearer. So for sort of, we did, we split calves twice a year. So yeah, sort of six months of the year, I am out there feeding calves every single morning. And so that's my main job. And then I guess maybe all rounder, I'm the, oh, we need an extra set of hands here. We're going to drench some cows up the road. We need parts run into town. Um, so yeah, that's my day. I sort of just go with the flow and we see what happens.
0: And how do the boys fit in with that routine now?
1: Uh, all the boys are at school now, so that is a little easier um It was one of the things too was that when the boys were younger, getting them out on the farm to do the jobs was a bit tricky. I had three under four, uh, two medically challenging kids, um born premature, and sort of they were the type of kids where you know one kid'd get a cold. My kids that end up in hospital with bronchiolitis or croup or, you know, we've had ambulance calls because they stopped breathing and that sort of thing. So going out in winter wasn't a choice for us. They they had to be in the house. So that was part of it, too, was that I guess it's the season of life of where you're at. And I see all these mums on Instagram and who are out there with their babies and they just, you know, they're back into the swing of things. And I go, oh, my God, they're amazing because I wasn't that type of mum. Um, and I think that was hard. It, it's hard to watch your husband walk out the door every day to do the jobs that you'd like to be doing and go, Nope, I'm going to stay in here. I'm going to stay with kids. But I think once you accept it and sort of say, well, this is my season of life, for now they're the most important thing. Raising them and having healthy kids is more important than, you know, being out on the farm. But we sort of worked it in that, you know, if there were little jobs that I could do and then Stephen would stay in the house with them for a bit, I'd go out and do some things. Um Nap times were a big one where I'd be out, and calves would often get fed before the kids were up in the morning. So a baby monitor that reaches over to the calf sheds is a must. Um, I think there's a lot better ones than what we had in the day. It was very much we can go this far and we'll sit it down here on the track and have the volume up as loud as we can, and yeah, make sure you know it was like pointing this way to get the signal and everything. And yeah, so they're they're a must, but it, it's working around what fits. But these days. They like to come and help. They love the calves. They love carving time. Uh, so it's all about just when they want to come and what they want to do is where we include them.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And definitely remembering the season of life. Um, I'm like you. I've got three under four. And remembering I can't do that with three kids. <laughs> and that's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> or mine have asthma so same thing colder weather yeah. if it's windy or it's too cold they cannot go outside otherwise guarantee there's going to be trouble at night with the with their asthma attacks or with those ambulance calls there is nothing more scary than having your baby stop breathing yeah. mm-hmm. um so definitely a really good reminder of the season of life um so they sound like some hurdles when you first moved to the farm. Was there mm. anything else when you first took on the the dairy that you thought, oh, this is a bigger hurdle than I thought? And how did you overcome those?
1: Mm. Uh, so when we came to the farm that we're on now, my husband and working been working on a farm previously and I'd had a job in town and then I was on maternity leave. And I think it's that mindset from you've got, you, you're an employee and you're, you've got your set shifts and you work your shifts and then you go home to being the farm owner where the day doesn't stop. Um, if, you know, something breaks or there's cows calving or, you know, the electricity goes out and the cows have got to be milked at 10 o'clock at night, you know, that's all got to happen and that's all on you. Um, so I think that part of it that Stephen wasn't going to walk in the door at a set time, he wasn't always going to be here for dinner, um, you know, if I needed help with the kids it was often that he'd say I could have them and then something would happen and it'd be like, well, at the last minute, no, nah, guys, you're coming with me, we're getting this done. Um, so I think that mindset shift of, you know, the unpredictability of the farm was a big one for me, uh, especially because I hadn't grown up on a farm and I hadn't really been involved. Like we'd been living on a farm before, but yeah, I wasn't involved at all. So yeah, that mindset, mind shift change to sort of say, okay, let's just go with the flow and get be able to take things as they come.
0: Yeah. And did you find that easy or did you need to implement um some mind tactics or some change in thought process or or change in routine to be able to make that an easier change mm-hmm. for you?
1: Yeah. It it was very sort of a, a long process for me to sort of get my head around it. Um and We ended up that, you know, the kids would have dinner and I'd wait and I'd eat dinner when Stephen came in. Um, Just little things like that, you know, that when he came in for lunch, we'd stop what we were doing so that he could spend time with us and that it was just sort of making the most of, you know, the opportunities that we had. Or, you know, if there was a job that he was doing out on the farm in the ute and we could all tag along, then we'd take that chance and we'd go and do it. And, yeah, it was all just sort of saying, well, no, just because – we were planning to do this, doesn't mean it has to be done right now. It can happen later. And I'm very much a structured routine person. Um, My kids had set nap times and everything like that. So it it was hard, but it was also, I think, that Stephen had to wrap his head around it as well, that if he'd walk in the door and say, oh, let's go do this, and I'd be like, no, it's nap time. We're not going to do that now. So I think it was, yeah, the mindset for both of us.
0: And it's sometimes opening that communication to Mm -hmm. I'm not just sticking to bedtime for bedtime's sake. It's the afternoon routine. It's the aftermath that yes. changes when mm-hmm. they're not there. Um, like I understand they can sleep in car seats. They can do <laughs> <laughs> sleeping carriers down the <laughs> paddock. But sometimes, especially depending on their age and, and where mm-hmm. they're up to, it throws the whole night night out as well.
1: <laughs> yes, that's it. That, that afternoon routine is just so important and once you've lose one bit, you're like, yeah, no, nah, we're done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so were there any surprises, anything that filled you with joy or anything that you found was completely different to what you thought it would be?
1: I'll I'll start with the naive town girl things. <laughs> um I think it was we'd been here a couple of months and we ran out of water and I yes, was like so confused. I'm like, yeah, get that there's a tank, but there's also water like you know i was used to living in town where even if you take water right out, there was town water and i'm yeah. there going looking at my husband he's just looking at me going do you really not get this i'm like no i'm utterly confused by this yeah. <laughs> and so yeah we had to get a truck to bring in water um and then the other one i think it's when the power goes out so, yeah, they get no water and i'm like i just don't understand why there's no water the the water and the power aren't connected and he's just looking at me and shaking his head and takes me out and shows me the pump. And I'm like, well, I didn't know. <laughs> and it's yeah, just little things like that that, you know, living in town, you sort of take a few things for granted because there's a lot more things that, you know, they're challenging out on the farm. <laughs> um, so I'd say they were the main two that were, you know, my town girl things. Yeah. Um, I'd say the other is that people still buy a lot, like your sales yeah. reps and your field officer and your grain rep and all these people and everyone stops for coffee. And I remember we'd, we'd only been here about a month and my husband brought the field rep in and I was, you know, it was lunchtime and I was in my pyjamas breastfeeding on the couch and he brings his field officer in the chat and I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Let
0: me just um, run to my room. <laughs> yeah, just
1: give me a second here. Yep.
0: Um
1: So our house, you walk straight into the dining room. So I try and have it that the dining room's tidy and the rest of the house can be absolute chaos. But that one room we try to keep tidy. So it looks like, you know, we have a semblance of order happening. But um, that's it. Yeah. Um, I'd say the other one that I've discovered is that you have two wardrobes. You have farm clothes and you have town clothes. Yep. and that you should never try and go and do the quick five-minute job in the town clothes because it will never end well. Um, I remember I was heading off to a meeting and, you know, I had the full corporate outfit on and there was a cow in the backyard and I'm like, what is it doing? There? It's like, it's okay, I'll just open the gate and I'll just put it through here and I'm running around the yard and it got out and I'm just like, this is just, yeah. It was a complete new outfit change after the I have got through that, but yeah, I think that's it. I always, it gets to like school pickup time or something and I'll look down at my clothes and go, am I still clean enough for town or not? Usually it's no, because I don't know what it is. I'm one of those people who goes out and does one job and I'm just covered in stuff straight away. Um, so yeah, it's that that two wardrobe system.
0: I think I have a bad habit of leaning against things. <laughs> So I've always got, like, there's always mud around my tummy and there's always (laughs) mud around my, like, the tops of my legs because I always must lean on things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And the same thing when you're running to town. It, like, sometimes you're like, am I clean enough? Yep. And you get in the car and you're like, no, I can smell something. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We're back into the house. So when you were talking about, you know, the water and electricity, you know, they're, they're big things on a farm um that as you like as you said we just assume sometimes when we move to the farm that we'll always have those was there any other lessons that you've learned along the way that you thought i wish i knew this before we started the dairy <laughs> um i think it's that
1: it's never a five minute job it's always at least a 20 minute job uh and that there are always jobs to do Yep. So you've got to take that that time to switch off because I think that's it, – it's one of the harder things about living on the farm is that there's no, there's no distinction between home and work. Uh, like our house is, you know, 100 metres from the dairy. Uh, so even if my husband's not milking, he can still see the shed. He can still see what's going on. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just that there's always going to be jobs to do on a farm. Uh, and you've got to make sure that you can sometimes switch off from those, which can be a hard thing to do. Um, but yeah, getting that time away and saying, you know, the jobs will still be there when I get back.
0: Do you have a set routine which puts you in the right mind frame for switching off or is there something that you and your husband do to make sure that it's like, yep, not doing the farm now?
1: Yeah, I think the main one for us is that we've got to plan time actually off the farm because he struggles to switch off when he's here um so it was like on the weekend we had two milkers here and you know everything was good and he's like I'm like oh we could just do things around the house and he's like no we're getting off the farm we're going somewhere we're doing something even if it was just going for a drive yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely and what kind of things do you like to do as a family when you go for those drives
1: Uh, For us, it's just sort of little local things. We've got a couple of beaches nearby. We've got bushwalking nearby. Uh, We tend to take the kids to Melbourne every holidays to do something. Kids in the big cities always entertaining. They love staying in the big tall buildings and seeing all the lights and everything like that. So, yeah, it's just sort of those little things, you know, that a holiday doesn't have to be a month-long journey. It can be, like, you know, just a night away. Then, yeah, the kids, to them, it's no different.
0: Yeah, sometimes a change is as good as a holiday. Yeah. So thinking back over your journey, what advice would you give to someone else moving to a dairy for the first time?
1: I think it's expect the unexpected. (laughs) Um, That There's always going to be something happening. You're always going to be learning something new. Um, I think I remember when my husband first took me to the dairy and he's like, do you have a pair of gumboots? And this was on the farm that he was working on. I'm like, yeah, I've got gumboots. And like, you know, they were little pretty ankle gumboots with flowers on them and everything. Yeah. And he just went, that's not a pair of gumboots. <laughs> I didn't understand it until we got there. And then, you know, everything's flying everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, knee high gumboots are required. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think it's just that, that you're always learning and it's asking the questions. Um. I find that people that have lived on farms that come from that rural background, they they absorb so much knowledge as kids that to them it's just everyday things that they know. And even till this day, like, you know, I'll be reading an article or something and I'll say to Stephen, did you know this? And he'll be like, yeah. And I'll go, okay, all right, yep, that's that's one of my naive town girl things. Um, and, yeah, if you don't ask, you're not going to learn. And yeah, I think that's it for me. It's just, yeah, there's still things even after eight years that I'll go,
0: oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've been here 10 years. I still do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you get your kids around the farm when they are with you? Yeah, so
1: we've got a ute. Uh, we've also got side by side and they've got a little four-wheeler as well. So, Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, they're feeling that my oldest one's, yeah, a bit more independent now. He's, he's pretty good on it. He can go and lock the cows in by himself and everything like that. So I think we'll be having to upgrade to a bigger bike soon. Yep.
0: <laughs> they do like their independence country kids. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> So we were talking earlier, I guess, a little bit about a work-life balance in that you do when you can get off farm for a little bit. Is there other things that you do to try and incorporate that work-life balance when you are on the, for, on the farm and on core
1: 24-7? Yeah, I, I think balance is impossible. Uh, I think of it more as like a wave. Uh, we There's going to be certain times where you know, our focus is on the farm, like carving time. And, you know, that's where our focus is. And that's where all our energy is going at that time. And there's probably, you know, the house is a mess and there's probably a lot of toast and cereal eaten in those weeks. But that's okay, because then we've got quiet times where, you know, over we dry off cows over the summer holidays. So, you know, there's not as much going on and I can really focus on the boys and we can spend that family time together. So I think it's, it's just sort of knowing where you're at and making sure that it's not just work all the time, but accepting that there are going to be seasons where, you know, where, you know, you're making hay and everything. And when it's got to be done, it's got to be done. Uh, but yet yeah, making sure that in between those busy times that you're spending, you know, that quality family time together. Uh, I'm big on setting boundaries. So for me, it's that, you know, during school holidays, uh, yeah, uh, I have some off-farm commitments that require meetings and things. So if they're a set monthly date, then that's fine. But I don't take any extra meetings and school holidays. I just say, nope, sorry, this period of time's blocked out for me. Uh, so, yeah, those boundaries around making sure you get that time with your family, I think is really important.
0: Is there anything that you do in the lead-up to going away, even if it's just for one night or it might be for a few days, anything in the lead-up to make sure that you can get yourself, your husband and the kids off farm?
1: Yeah, for Stephen it's just making sure that he knows where all the cows are going in the paddock rotation, having it set up those days in advance and knowing that the, you know, our employees know what's going on. We've got a really great team so, you know, we're confident going away and I think that's part of it is that, you know, when the first few years we were here, it was just us and we didn't have any staff and we did everything and getting away was impossible. And I think that was too season of life that we accepted that during those years, yes, we were finding our feet. We were young farmers. And, you know, if we wanted to keep going on this journey, we sort of had to make a little bit of sacrifice to get where we are today. So now we plan around it and we say, well, yep, it's the quiet time. We know that, you know, everyone's capable and can handle things while we're gone and yeah we're able to get away with you know peace of mind.
0: Yeah absolutely and going into the seasons of life the droughts and wet seasons and fires that we have on farm do you have any routines or protocols around those seasons of life?
1: Uh Yeah so we went through yeah, a couple of years of drought not long after we'd been here probably only about 18 months after we got here Um, and so our milking platform's irrigated but we don't have reliable water so we got dried off from I think it was November through to March we had no irrigation water and for us we just sort of learned in that time that it's really about being on the front foot you've got to be proactive you've got to be planning ahead you can't just be sitting there looking at the weather going okay that says it's going to rain here so that's what we're going to work on, that the rain's going to come. And we found you just couldn't do it. You had to have other contingency plans in place and go, well, if it doesn't rain, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? Um, and, yeah, I think that was something that we learnt early on was, yeah, just being proactive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and how did you work those four months?
1: Uh, It was a lot of feed. It was buying feed in. It was watching trucks roll down the driveway and looking at the dollar signs. Um, It was for us, we kept. uh, We had enough water to do a small portion of the farm. So it was having the most water efficient crops in that area. Um, But then it got to the point where we had to destock that we looked at it and said, you know, it's costing us more to feed them than what they're making. And so we set a date and said, if it hasn't rained by this date. many cows are going on a truck and it was probably one of the hardest things i've ever had to do because you know there was no good reason to sell them like and no one wanted to buy them and so you knew that that was just it for them and you know there were ones that i'd read from birth like yeah it's, it's a horrible feeling to do that but i think that was when i sort of i learned that you know it's business when it comes down to it Um, and you can have your favourite cows and you can love them and everything but at the end of the day the farm's got to make a profit
0: yeah Mm. yeah and that is really really hard how did you bounce back from that or how how do you cope when you think oh we're drying off again
1: Mm. it's hard because it's what we're looking at at the moment like we started irrigating yesterday and it's winter like and I think it's It's that mindset that's saying, okay, yeah, it's bad at the moment, but it's going to get good again. It's not going to stay like this forever. We've got through it once. We can do it again. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. On the front foot again. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, focusing on the future. (laughs) Mm Absolutely. Jess, that comes to the end of my official questions. And did you have anything else that you wanted to talk to anyone who's moving to the farm or marrying a farm?
1: I think the main thing for me at being a new farm wife is that everyone does it differently. Yeah. And everyone farms differently. Everyone bees a farm wife differently. And just because you see, you know, mums on social media who can get out there and do all these things, you don't have to. Um, if you don't want to milk the cows, don't learn to milk the cows. If you don't want to drive a tractor, then don't. I don't drive a tractor, more because I'm dangerous and I just I can't do it. Um, and it's one of those things that you should not get your husband to try and teach you to do. Um, we, we've tried multiple times and um, Stephen put the GPS on and I'm that focused watching the GPS screen that I miss the tree that's right in front of the tractor. Um, so, yeah, it, it's picking what you want to do and what you feel you're good at and what makes you want to get up in the morning because there's no point learning to do a job because you see someone else that's doing it and think oh well she's doing that I should be doing that too Uh, and I think yes it's finding your place and where you want to fit and I think everyone's different and there's a lot you know the the role of farm life's changed a lot. You know, in the last sort of 10, 20 years, like, you know, it used to be that the farm wife stayed at home and, you know, had lunch on the table every day and, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas now you can do whatever you want. If you want to be the, you know, the farm wife that stays at home and has a roast meal on the table, then go for it. But if you're the type that says, oh, geez, I hate cleaning and I really don't want to do any of that stuff, I want to be out on the farm all day, then, yeah, that's your role. And, yeah, I think that's the main thing that I struggled with in those early years was knowing where I fitted, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a, a hard path to tread because everyone is so different and every farm is different as well. So you can ask, you know, everyone down the road or everyone on over Instagram is like, what's your role? Yeah. What do you do? Where do you fit? And it still mm-hmm. might be very different for you. And that adaptation can happen, you know, as we said, with the seasonal life, where are your kids up to? Where are you up to? You know, what makes you happy? Do what makes you happy. <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely Jess I completely agree with that Mm -hmm. so thank you very much for coming on today's show and talking you've married a farmer now what
1: thank you for having me it's been great
0: Before we continue on with today's interview, I'd like to give a shout-out to today's supportive link, Thermomix. For a limited time only, you can have your choice of the white Thermomix or the black sparkling Thermomix. The black Thermomix is in celebration of 140 years of limited... <laughs> I'll mix that up. <laughs> <laughs> this is a milestone... This is a milestone addition added to the range for a limited time only. So please check out the supportive links down below. And if you think that a Thermomix would help you, your farm, in efficiency in the kitchen and making things hands-free and easier for you, then jump down, hit the link or send me a message. And now back to today's interview.